Actually, then you said, Hello? What's going on? How are oh, you? Oh, shit. Hold on. Hold on. You're on the wrong. Hello? I got you. Do you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just All making right. sure that you weren't blaring out of my fucking TV. <laughs> we were All just right. discussing Vine Deloria Jr. So. Huh. Tell me about it. Maybe that'll be a good segue right into our conversation. Uh, Well, I don't know. I guess, maybe. Uh, Vine Deloria Jr. basically addresses concerning questions of, like, indigenous protests back in 1968 in one of his landmark works, Custer Died for Your Sins, um, where he basically goes through and uh, explains how um, the Indian, Indian plight, as he puts it, is perceived by uh, people in American society, that being that they're always willing to listen and use it for their own political gain. You know, he says in the book at one point, all you need to do to be an expert on Indians is to have watched a documentary, have worked with one passively, or served with one in the army. Um, that obviously being sarcastic and saying that anybody who for some reason knows a native or has worked with a native or something considers themselves an expert and will use that person as a tokenization for their ultimate uh, bona fide for indigenous conversation. I, I would agree with that most definitely. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, a lot of us, when we <clears throat> try to play aesthetics and say like, oh, I'm, I don't want to use the term woke, but like, you know, I'm aware of these struggles or, you know, I'm an advocate for these struggles. If we're just the type of folks who want to use that as, as an aesthetic game, I think that's, you know, right on par with something that so many different people do. Um, and then they'll, you know, even go to the extent to like, you know, uh, I saw, um, you know, a lot of this going wrong all throughout the, uh, you know, last few months with the uh, struggles and resistance against like the Enbridge and stuff like that, how a majority of the people you saw on TikTok or a majority of the people you saw talking on social media were white folks trying to go on and seemingly play, you know, the oh. I know what I'm talking about card. Well, and see, that's one of the, you know, Enbridge, Line 3 specifically, you know, that's like one of those big issues that really make me mad in the current political, you know, sphere. Uh, the only reason I didn't go to Line 3 is because I was beat up by police for some reason the day before I left. Uh, that was because of a panic attack. So it's like, you know, was that a hyper response to me just being Indian? Was that a response to me being an organizer? Who knows? There's a bunch of different societal reasons why I could have been, you know, attacked by police the day before I go to line three, besides the fact that I'm a organizer with a platform, you know? Um, but, you know, when I tell people to go to line three, at least, you know, I'm giving my money and I'm trying to go there, you know, unless police prevent it, <laughs> you know, I'll actually go out to my reservation. I'm indigenous. You know, I, I get a, I get a free pass on this one, but <laughs> not really, but more people need to be at these locations. We can't just be, propagandizing it because it's just becoming this name where because so many people say something about it online people assume a lot of people are helping out when in reality th there's nowhere close to the numbers we had at dakota access and dakota access you know uh failed 
uh, sorry, you know, it, it failed. You know, the fact is, is that the greatest, you know, action was just some indigenous, you know, relative going in and turning off line five, which goes across the Mackinac Straits. Absolutely incredible. I don't want to take credit for it, but I was three days after I said something at the Center of Constitutional Rights. But uh, yeah, like people don't even talk about line five. When I brought it up at the center, uh, they segued immediately to line three without even, uh, they literally thought I just made a mistake when I said line five, you know. That blows my mind. It it really it really does because not for nothing like you you said you know that's the that's the part of the political sphere we're in that really pisses you off. It's like time and time again you find like the important things. The and it's not stuff. communists showing up. I'm just gonna say that it's not communists showing up. It's fucking DSA members. You know what I mean? It's. You want to say CPU, oh, CPUSA, PSL, both of you aren't showing up. So fucking DSA is the best chance of a Vanguard out of the three. Uh, and that should really make leftists fucking question themselves pretty hard. Worried. Yeah, that that's definitely something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's why more and more often um, I find myself <clears throat> at least you know, with the opportunities that I have trying to learn as much and, and be as well, even then let's, let's take a moment to self-criticize, you know, uh, what was the last piece of indigenous literature you read? Um, actually I was, uh, very lucky to have a Oneida owned bookstore by me. I should say, uh, Haudenosaunee, uh, bookstore <laughs> near me. And, Haudenosaunee. Uh, Haudenosaunee. See, well, and there's another example. Like, you live in this area, can't even pronounce the name correctly. There's one <laughs> self-criticism. Let's continue, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, not, not to, like, I'm not trying to, like, belittle you or anything. I'm just pointing out the average fail failings of any leftist organizer in the United States. Like, we don't understand the land back question, so you get shit takes on beep beep lettuce saying land back means fascism. That's fucking stupid. That's, you know, yeah, no leftist should be saying that. That's some yeah. lib shit. That's straight up orange man bad shit. I agree. Um, to answer your original question, then we can continue for it. I actually have uh, to become a human being uh, by uh, Leon uh, Shenandoah, um, which uh, it, it was. Uh, it's something that it, it's not very similar to anything I've read because the way that it's. Well, have you read on violence by? Franz Fanon. Uh, I actually did make it through the first chapter. Yeah, I made. You, you should made read that again once you finish that book, and I bet you you'll find similar parallels. Except that that person's trying to present a more spiritual argument. You know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yeah. read the book. I haven't read the book, but I'm going off my basic understanding of liberal indigenous writings, and then going off of communists. Uh, extensions that will definitely help amplify those analyses because when you read an indigenous person you know even if they are a lib they're at least still fundamentally more radical than most white libs because they still probably believe in some form of land back you know what i mean yeah and i mean uh liberal is a proponent of the 
bourgeois oppressors, at least ideologically. So then, of course, anyone who, you know, has a alternate reality to being able to be a part of that system, uh, especially indigenous folks, their whole entire, you know, life, their whole entire survival is resistant. So, of course, they just naturally in that way are going to have a much more advanced, a much more conscious take even if they aren't necessarily, you know, a hardline leftist of any sort. Well, and see, that's a perfect example of why, like, organizations like the American Indian Movement, though not explicitly communist, still ended up siding with people like the Sandinistas, uh, you know. Uh, so there was parades for Leonard Peltier and the Soviet Union. I mean, like, uh, all across the, uh, the leftosphere, whatever you want to call it, I mean, like, socialist countries you know and especially during that period aim was respected as a a people's movement excuse me Uh, i had a burp but um you know and and, what i i think what communists want is a communist movement but they don't realize that that's not how the bolsheviks took power they didn't take power through a communist movement they took power through a people's movement they promised peace land and bread they didn't promise communism you know they didn't say, I'm going to bring you communism. They told people, we're going to bring you peace. We're going to give you land and we're going to feed you bread. Why? Because those are more important than the ideological position backing them. Okay. That's why in Pennsylvania, you have cults like the Iron Rod uh, ran by the Moonies or whatever, the fucking re- uh, reunification church or the unification church of Korea. Uh, they're a splinter group. Uh, but they're, they're like these right wing chuds that like get married with guns in hand and wear crowns of bullets and shit. F- fucking MAGA wet dream. But uh, like, <laughs> that's why you have these people hosting breakfast every morning. How many people do you think go there that are just poor, that are just going there to eat? You know how many times I, as a poor person, went to every church in the area one day a week? just to get food do you know how common that is for people even more in other areas with more churches i live in a rural area you know but there's still like seven dinners you can go to a week probably more you know Uh, yeah they they specifically plan everybody can get a meal each day one meal a day now what are you gonna do where's your other two meals a day sorry no you're good you're good I mean, that, again, it's another point to say that, like, in this context, even the church is doing more than many, you know, organizers. You see leftists go, oh, you can't organize with the church because they're homophobic or whatever. And it's like, okay, but um, who's organizing in your town? In your small little rural town, who's helping people? Who? It's the church. Probably the only person helping people is the church, and it's very little. It's very little. So acknowledging that freaking there is so much that the left can do if you can just go into a church first off uh just being cool with christian like you don't have to be like a fucking staunch atheist and like argue with them you can simply go in there and be like you know wouldn't you guys like to help spread jesus's love by helping me put on this you know whatever i mean that's just one idea if you're really fucking grasping at straws for organizing but even that most people want to help people they just literally don't see anybody else doing it. You know, if you can, all you need to do is find somebody who is open to the idea and suggesting company that, yes. uh, um, 
it started out like I know the story of how the dude got his money. I know exactly he married into it, but um, ended up starting a successful roofing company and then uh, funded uh, 14 acres of community gardens across the town. Uh, it's a town of 7,000 people. That's a good amount of food to be producing um, along with an orchard. Okay, I helped plant the orchard as well as plant some of the community gardens and worked on them many times. Like, they actually have an internship program where if you just help out, they'll pay you. So, I mean, like, it, it, it's a pretty cool gig, and you get to help learn how to be a teacher, basically, with kids. I mean, I, you only get, like, 300 bucks, but, you know, you're helping out the community, and you're learning a cool skill, um, and you're getting paid. So... Even if you're going to say capitalists are bad, at least that one's fucking doing that. At least that one's feeding more people than any leftist in my t- my town was. I don't live there anymore. But, you know, that's pretty sad. You know, And that goes for me. That is a self-criticism for myself. I wasn't feeding anybody there. Do I? That's not necessarily true. But uh, community service due to court things is a totally different thing. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> I... I understand what you mean, though. The The most important thing that we're seeing missing in the left is the whole action. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, the left's problem is the whole action thing. Yeah, like uh, people just they got too focused on arguing for like a year that, oh, you have to read, you have to read. In order to have a good analysis, you have to read. In order to do good work, you should have to read some theory. That's not necessarily wrong. But at the same time, uh, everybody doesn't have to read all the books. You can start acting before you have a party. You can start acting before everybody's read the required material. You can start acting while reading. You can do so much. In fact, after you do an action, you should read. And you might get more information because of that, you know, like be able to connect to it a little bit more with experience. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's the crucible of revolution is one great theorist once called it. Um, I couldn't tell you who I could, but I'm not going to. Um, so anyway, freaking <laughs> <laughs> uh, the crucible of revolution is ultimately the idea of testing scientifically uh, socialist ideals, socialist ideals being, you know, ones that promote an egalitarian view that, you know, supports the common well-being of people, uh, more specifically the working class over a ruling class in a class-based society. This, that's a specific part that needs to be acknowledged is that socialists don't exist if there is no classes like in communism. At that point, we're just human beings, um, which is a cool ideal to think about. Like, imagine just philosophically going... There aren't classes anymore. We're just human beings now. You know? Um, But if you do that today, you're ignoring so many injustices. You know? And you see that on the left, and I think that's really where this idea that, like, Lambax fascism and stuff is, or, like, class reductionism, you know? It's ultimately this idea that they don't want to deal with contradictions. So they just paste Mm -hmm. over them and pretend they don't exist. You know, yes, I you you can't say it any better than that. That's precisely what it is. Yeah, because um, they didn't read a text that specifically said that, and so well, that's not what this guy said or this person said. So it's the no, idea. I, of I disagree. Worship, you know <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, and uh, like I'm not a Maoist, but I do like Mao Zedong thought in saying that 
You know, we should be combating liberalism and opposing book worship. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't read something as if it's the Bible. When you read something, it is somebody's ideas, it's somebody's analysis of the situation. Unless it's a primary document. And even then, a lot of primary documents are just interpretations of the initial events. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you know right now, a police report's not very accurate. I want, <laughs> you know, what? Who's to say that the fucking cavalry soldiers' fucking perspective is very accurate? Who's to say right. that the indigenous right. world history is much more accurate? The only reason I think it's more accurate is because at least we acknowledge the truth. You know, in school, we're taught that Squanto was just this really nice. You know, native, and, uh, and then we had the Thanksgiving. You know, he taught them how to grow corn. You know, they buried the fish head with the corn or whatever. You know, a bunch of it just myth. It's mythology. It's literally a bunch of mythology. Because first off, who knows what Squanto actually told them? Okay. Secondly, Squanto was enslaved in Europe for a while. He could have just taught them European farming techniques, and that's still why. They weren't producing enough food, still felt the need to rob food stores, uh, and then would still go on to declare war and take over indigenous uh, supplies. Was um, What's the term? Um, economic economic extractive zones for nature. Mm. I don't know. Um, but where they basically bring life, you know, where they go in order to get, you know, deer, you know, wood. These are all taken over by colonizers. King Philip's head's thrown in the... Yeah, I guess freaking Thanksgiving's coming up. So, hooray. You know, here's here's a short little lesson for you. Um, Freaking King Philip's head, uh, which King Philip is the indigenous leader, that's what they decided to name him. Um, So, they decided to name rename him King Philip. Uh I'd have to look up his actual name. But I believe he Ooh, I don't know here. Let me I got I got a I got a history channel. He was Pequot, I think. But um I got a history channel. Uh no he's Wopanoag, okay. Um I guess Pequot's probably not actually a thing. Uh, but uh, so he's Wopanoag and his name was uh, Massasoit. Uh, and so, like, freaking, they renamed him Philip, called him King because they're idiots, and then chopped off his head, put it on a spike, and then hung it inside the fucking court for like over 20 years. Like the fucking town square. You know, and that's not even like abnormal behavior of settlers. There's this place by where I live in this town called Big Bay where Henry Ford had a uh, fucking house and where uh, Anatomy of a Murder was filmed. Um, freaking, uh, it's an old movie, but um, <laughs> freaking, uh, there's this place there that everybody likes to get married at and go swimming and partying at. That's where they do the 4th of July fireworks and shit. And they call it Squaw Beach, which if you're not aware of what Squaw means, I suggest you look it up. It's very offensive. Okay. So they call it Squaw Beach. And the reason they did is because they that's where they used to put the pikes and put the heads of fucking natives. 
they just would put heads there in order to discourage uh, Native people from la- uh, landing on the coast there. So they would just pass by that bay. It's fucking horrible. It's for a visual representation of essentially a sign that says no Indians or dogs allowed. You know? Uh, Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a fucked up and it's normal and it's medieval thinking. It literally shows you how backwards the fucking uh, settlers that came and butchered women and children across this fucking and you know land mass you know from nation to nation going and committing genocide you know it shows why that occurred because this is how barbaric these people just automatically acted you know it, it, it's grotesque and it shows you what type of society they would develop and so it's ridiculous that at any point in time anyone um irrespective of you know political guidance it still stands and supports this fucking disgusting nation um that whole discourse on patriotism i i couldn't even well that's I why i couldn't even get into that because that just fucking infuriated me how in 2021 is that even a fucking conversation? How are well, we see, even- and that's literally why the Center for Communist Studies asked me to join. That's why I was asked to write. They didn't ask me to join until I started pitching them my ideas about what I wanted to write. And it turns out I'll be working with them for a while. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh, I mean, this is basically like the uh, concise version of my ideas that are going to go into all of those many writings that come. That and specifically meant to combat the whole American socialist patriot discourse. Hell yeah. I got the hiccups. Um, yeah, so then I, you know, I'd love to get into it with you. Um, I, I got some broad questions, but I think one of the most important discussions that we get into would have to be surrounding, of course, decolonization, indigenous sovereignty, and land back. Um, I think that... Uh, well, see, that's three questions, really, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, indigenous sovereignty, the answer is land back, and then, what was the other thing you said? Uh, I said decolonization. Decolonization. Yeah. yeah, land back and decolonization, that's an answer for indigenous sovereignty, why not? Uh, what is indigenous sovereignty? It's the idea that indigenous people are fundamentally allowed to choose their destiny, political destiny, and the, the way our societies and nations actually develop. You know, does that mean we have to have our own country? No. Does that mean that it has to be an ethnostate? No. Are reservations already ethnostates? No. You've clearly never been to a reservation. Um, you know, there's <laughs> there's there's many different things that just white people don't understand. They just do not understand because they've never lived in those conditions and they don't care to learn. You know, and I um, think that's the most important point. That second part is they choose not and care not to learn. Well, they expect whatever podcast they're listening to to tell them everything they need to know in order to be an expert on the subject. Which, as Vine Deloria Jr. said, you need only listen to a documentary, have worked with an indigenous person, or have served with one in the military to be an expert on them. That's the idea they live behind. It's the Indian plight being accepted amongst everybody. You know, there is a reason why Russell Brand interviews Nick Estes. You know, there's a reason why Mark Ruffalo likes Nick Estes. 
you know, it's because even though he's a communist, because he's indigenous, he's allowed to have different ideas than white people. You know, you get an automatic pass, as I like to say, uh, to be communist from white people. You know, you can you can say you're communist and just go, no, but that's just how my people were. And then because they're ignorant as fuck, they'll just go, yes. <laughs> Which is not, it's not correct to say that we were communists. Proto-communists, sure, whatever, if you want to be an anthropologist about it. But fucking, we can point out over and over again how anthropology is a racist fucking uh, subject in general. And how fucking, it, it gets so many things wrong about cultural perspectives because they're not sociologists. They're archaeologists. They it's, a metaphysical stug- it's a very metaphysical and biased study coming from usually in the scenarios where you often see published works, uh, either settlers or folks who are quote unquote travelers who just invade people's, you know, uh, sovereign lands and just dig up land. Well, for- and see, he, my academic friend actually just provided a, a small defense that might be leveled is that they, they will do both. They will do they will study a society, but they're studying it from a very specific point of view. They're studying it from an academic point of view, which academia is very base is settler society. There is no academia as it exists by white standards without settler society, and that's by design. You know, Frederick Douglass isn't accepted as, you know, a prolific figure because of the influence he held. He's considered a prolific figure because he was an educated black guy. You know, like that's why white people remember him, you know, and it's really fucked up because there's so many, you know, black people that had amazing messages that had followings that just weren't educated so they couldn't write anything or like freaking were overlooked. You know, because you had different people. I mean, Frederick Douglass is an amazing radical. You know, that is not a bad example to look to. But the reason why we still talk about him in school is because he was actually able to record history in a way that white people would actually listen to. And that's the problem, is that there's always this appeal of legitimacy that uh, uh, BIPOC, you know, always have to Black, Indigenous, people of color, um, always have to appeal to the white liberal in order to gain acceptance, in order to gain legitimacy for our movement. And if we uh, are violent at all, we lose the support. If we don't adhere to whatever, we lose the support. You know, first, let's take, for example, in the age of COVID, you know, if for some reason an indigenous movement uh, takes on a, so the most likely event is that an indigenous community takes on an anti-vaccination policy specifically because there's a history of sterilization in indigenous communities. In fact, there's already been, uh, they've already stopped the release of expired um, vaccines on Ojibwe reservations. I don't know about other places, but I'm sure. Ojibwe are big and have money. I'm sure the poor places definitely got fucked over more. You know, who knows what people have been injecting into the body on reservations because the government fundamentally is neglectful and does not give a shit. Uh, You know, I think about Dennis Banks at uh, University of Portland where he said, where he talks about um, one of the... um, Judges, uh, I think it was Judge Nichols uh, during the Russell Means and Dennis Banks trial after Wounded Knee. And he said, I don't care what the conditions for Indian people are. I don't care what the uh, what it's like on the reservation. I don't care if there's a reign of terror going on. I don't care. And that's just the way it is. They do not care. You know, unless they're forced to, 
you know, because they realize how fucking stupid they are. Fucking all of a sudden, Biden's agreed to sit down and talk with uh, Line 3 protesters uh, because fucking somebody walked in on Line 5 and just shut it off. Mm-hmm. Just shut it off. Turned it. Dressed up as the worker. Turned it. You could do that. I'm not saying you should. Not condoning that. No, nope. you could do it. No, nope. this show nor any of us would condone any behavior like that. However, nope. we only might Minecraft, talk about it. You know, <laughs> only in Minecraft should you turn off pipelines dressed as construction workers. You can get that kind of gear at uh, 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 probably like, um, like I don't know, Party City or some shit, somewhere that sells Halloween costumes. You could look just like an average worker. Tis the season. Yeah, cheap as fuck. You actually, you wait. Four days from recording. Five days from recording. Cheap as fuck. <laughs> we, could even, we could even find coupon codes. Get coupon codes for Party City. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a Groupon raid, actually. Five or more Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go as the working men. Do the music video. Cue the music. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, like that's the kind of stuff that like it, it, it takes serious action. You have to do something for them to talk to you. You know, they didn't talk about uh, ending termination until the occupation of the BIA building. Simple as that. In fact, there was a reoccupation of the BIA building at the uh, People versus the Fossil Fuel uh, protest in D.C. You know, that's ama- that The symbolism yeah. there is amazing. But you know what happened? They were dragged out in two hours. Nobody yeah, came. Nobody came because Extinction Rebellion, the white liberals, uh, set up at the Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce, who has nothing to do with the building of pipelines. You know why? Because it's a fucking op. Yeah. I mean... And... To, to have the, the gall to be like, nah, we're going to post up here. Yeah, you're not following any indigenous leadership, you know, and, and any indigenous people who followed them. You made the wrong choice. I, it's that simple. You know, there was an opportunity to go to the BIA building and stand in solidarity. I don't know whatever politics was going on play on the field there. You know, I'd love to actually talk to some people at TRN. Obviously, I'm not going to talk to them over the Internet. Uh, I don't live near most of the people who went. So, you know, maybe when I see them in Colorado uh, fucking, like, next year, then maybe I'll be able to tell you. In time, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, that definitely brings us to taking this, you know, the step further than uh, just, you know, having a, a podcast for folks to listen to, to be able to play that card, to be like, okay, no, I listen to the podcast. Well, let me tell you, as somebody who has a podcast and makes a huge income from it, what huge? No, I, I mean, a huge part of my income. I broke a shit. You should pay me money. My fucking, it's called Zakata's Tin Can. You should go donate to it. We're going to, we're going to fucking plug you, my friend. Don't you even stress. <laughs> I'm having a kid, so give me money. Uh, Congratulations, everybody! Give a round of applause! Yay! Thank you. Um, so freaking, you know, uh, it's useless. It's pointless. I mean, like I, it, the only thing I see is uh, it actually educating possible cadres. That is the only thing I see podcasts doing. I do not think we're radicalizing people through podcasts. I think you, the listener, are radicalizing people. 
I don't think I am radicalizing people. I think I'm educating already radicalized. I'm burping. Uh, unless it's Indian people. And that's because Indian people don't know how to express their politics right now. You know, they do not understand that they're communists. They think communism means government does stuff. And then they go government bad because the U.S. government is bad. You know, that is not wrong. It's uh, a way to express the shot, man. Here, my friend's going to speak up. No, what are you saying? Oh, I was just wondering, like, if you were going to refine your vaccine you know. Oh, my vaccine point? Statement. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. Well, no, but when, when you look at the way it's playing out is that uh, indigenous people ha- have were already going to get wrecked. They already had the majority of deaths uh, on their reservations. They already uh, had a bunch of the at-risk population died, and now they're just trying to make it through. Uh, they're already at a predisposition to learning, so now you're shutting down reservation schools because these kids... Uh, you know, one of them might show up sick. So now all of a sudden the entire school shuts down just because the reservation wants to hold a better politic than the South Dakota government. This is just what I'm talking about as far as my personal material conditions, right? Um, Then uh, you're talking about a bunch of kids who are already at risk of not getting into good colleges. They're already having struggles because last year they weren't able to complete their education. And the year before that, they had to cut it halfway short. You know, you're talking about a bunch of other huge material conditions playing a factor that honestly, dying from disease is not a new issue. It's not. To indigenous people, it's not. In fact, it's more scary to us that we might get sterilized than that we might have to fight another white man's sickness because we have a lot of cures. We have a lot of different stuff that we just don't let white people know about. I mean, there's a bunch of different things that I wish I could go into, you know, but like there's literally um, so many different things that fucking people are reporting from all across the world that are indigenous about the curing of um, indigenous people. Uh, that uh, occur to indigenous people that um, like it, it, it really it becomes a question of what, what are our priorities as the left you know should we be getting everybody vaccinated before people have you know basic health care you know like with basic health care we can get everybody vaccinated so an overhaul of the healthcare system we can actually fucking um we could have everybody vaccinated. We can have everybody properly educated and we can have people who actually trust their hospitals. You know, we can actually see the hospitals as not just a money collecting entity. If we overhauled how uh, the pharmaceutical companies around nationalizing them, most likely would be the best option. But, you know, th- there's a bunch of milk toast fucking solutions that we could institute. I mean, milk toast to me, uh, to the U.S. government, uh, these are absolutely radical and crazy positions. But, uh, you know, nationalizing pharmaceutical companies, your hospital, local hospital, these are these should be things that are ran by the unions that, you know, honestly know best what's happening there. You know, um, due to the bureaucratic nature of our hospital system, we end up fucking over a lot of communities. There's this a lot of medical racism that occurs. And so even though vaccines are a good thing, People are ignoring them simply because of fear of being fucking um, harmed because it's happened over and over again, thanks to the colonial government, you know, taking that into account and then going, that's why IHS exists. So why don't we fund IHS more? 
you know, why, why aren't Indian nations allowed to make their own vaccines? You know, why are vaccines held under intellectual property rights? These are the questions we should be asking, not, oh, why is that community not supporting masks? Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? People are going to die. People already know whether they're going to wear a mask, get vaccinated or not. They already know. At this point, any coercion that occurs is because the government doesn't want to address why these people are concerned. Okay. These people have a right to be concerned. They do. Okay. And you going, oh, I trust the medical experts. You don't know the history of vaccines. You don't. And you do not know the history of medical racism. I do not trust medical professionals a lot of times because uh, they invented fucking phrenology. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. You right. need to analyze these subjects. You can't just wholeheartedly go and say, oh, I believe whatever this medical doctor says because a medical doctor in power is using his power to assert whatever they want to assert. And uh, the vaccines don't last forever. We have to get boosters or whatever now. You know, there's a bunch of different science going into this. And it's just that it's not a permanent solution. A permanent solution is overhauling the uh, medical industry, uh, fixing the healthcare bubble, you know, abolishing healthcare debt. You know, these are the things we should be doing rather than going, uh, we should shut down businesses. We should uh, get people fired. We should uh, destroy entire fucking working class economies just so corporations can move in and consolidate more wealth. You know, that's what's happening because of these mass mandates, because people are so ignorant, you know, and who's to say fucking it's not McDonald's helping fund these things. Who knows what we're going to find out in 50 years? I mean, I'm not saying that McDonald's is helping fund these things. This was not supposed to be a liable case. Please don't sue me, McDonald's. Um, but, <laughs> you know, only satire, my friends, only satire. We, we come to find out that Coca-Cola funded death squads in Colombia, you know, right. like. These are things that should be fucking questioned. We should be questioning these things. When Monsanto sues local farmers, subsistence farmers, because their seeds pollinated the local farmers' fields, they didn't want Monsanto seeds. They did not want those seeds. But because Monsanto is shitty at developing their fucking plants, they decided to impose IP law on that person. Why? Because Bill Gates is in charge of both Monsanto and the vaccine, you know. Why aren't poor countries allowed to build these? Why are we not investing in poor countries' ability to build these? If we invest in a worldwide infrastructure for healthcare, we can fundamentally fight disease at a better rate. It's just that simple. You don't have to connect every government, but we should be connecting key industries like fucking healthcare. I this think- is a liberal solution to the problem. <clears throat> this isn't even a communist solution. This is a liberal solution. And I, I think quite certainly that's, you know, one of the, the most pressing matters is the fact that what's happening is not solving the problem. So what we need to do is figure out what to do to solve the problem and do it. Because I see, you know, other folks ignoring the fact that if we continue with our global market and global economy as it stands, pandemics like this have a higher rate and risk of happening time and time again. And so in that sense, you know, folks who are already predisposed and oftentimes the last groups who see any kind of aid or any assistance or even any concern during events like this are left to just quote unquote, like you said, trust the experts. 
but you you're correct i think that you know in in this way what we need to do is we actually have to give these communities the control that they need not only just over the healthcare system but also like you said the scientific you know the in knowledge to develop their vaccines different medicines and things like that um and also well, the to fact be able that education so you know gate kept right Mm-hmm. That's why so many of these rural communities are opposed to mask mandates. They're opposed to vaccines and stuff because they're so far removed from what the communist on Twitter thinks because the communist on Twitter lives in an urban area most of the time. That's what I found. I, I do not meet a lot of people from rural areas or who currently live in rural areas that I'm talking to. It's not very often I find those people. When I do, they tend to like my analysis. So... Um, <laughs> you know, um, and it's because, you know, I've been all over this country. I've lived in Detroit. I've lived in South Dakota. I've lived in the UP where Nazis tried to build compounds and say it's practically an ethno state. Literally, that happened. Um, so freaking, <laughs> you know, I've, I've heard a lot. I've seen a lot. I've been to jail. I've, I've just lived a very full life for as young as I am. And fucking. It's, it's ultimately shaped my analysis to include a lot of, you know, things that people just don't consider because either they're not exposed to the lumpen proletariat because they might have been more nerdy in high school. You know, it doesn't tend to be the uh, Xanax snorter who come, becomes a communist. You know what I mean? Little Peep is an anomaly. Most people aren't even aware that Little Peep loved Lenin and shit. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, Little Peep's uncle, uh, no, or like, Maybe it was his dad was fucking Cuban and fucking uh, loved Fidel Castro and shit. Uh, so, like, you know, these things get left out. Tupac Shakur. I mean, Asada. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Nobody ever talks about that his that circulates that it's like, oh, you mean Comrade Shakur and it's his fucking uh, youth league uh, uh tag you know what i mean yeah i mean literally like uh he talks about this over and over again like why how can somebody have a billion dollars when people don't have homes you know these should just be fundamental rules of our society that nobody can have a billion dollars unless everybody has a home it's a simple ask it's a simple ask why i mean like you can have taxes or whatever on fucking land we can have a whole discussion on that if you want to be like a fucking sovereign citizen, libertarian or whatever. Maybe maybe just give them their own little roaming zone in Alabama. I don't know. You know? <laughs> but like, you know, people, especially people who are simply going, I just don't want to be left alone. You know, literally all you have to do is offer them an option to be left alone. That's it. That's literally it. You could just shut them the fuck up. You know, we, instead of making more enemies, we just need to be shutting people the fuck up. We can all get vaccinated, wear masks and shit at protests, and we can still have anti-vaxxers amongst us. Because who gives a shit? Okay, that's all I'm saying. Literally, fucking, as long as you have your mask on or vaccinated, fuck them. You know, uh, let them come to the protest. You need the numbers at this point. At this point, 
We can't keep put it, staying inside the house. There are strikes going on across the nation. There's fucking oil campaigns going on all across the nation, too, by the government. So we need to be radicalizing those workers. We need to be stopping those pipelines. We need to be protesting in D.C. We need to be uh, running in the midterm elections. You know, we need to be actually addressing these things at all fronts. We do not have a vanguard party. We do not have somebody directing this. But these are the things that need to happen. You know, you need to go at every site. You need to be attacking politics at every level in order to actually affect change. That's literally, you go into the stage of electoral politics to show, not under a Democratic Party or something, you go in as a communist to show the fucking uh, contradictions in the system inherent, and then you say, these are unfixable under capitalism. We must go to socialism. You know, you have to be doing that. Like, that's what QAnon people are doing. They started a whole fucking campaign where they're taking over precinct positions yep. and are fucking, you know, at the very base level affecting change. This is how revolution occurs. And they understand that fucking Steve Bannon reads Lenin. You know, he fucking right. says he's a Leninist. He's an idiot, but he says he's a Leninist. That means he understands Lenin's idea of power and how to obtain it. That means he understands fundamentally that when you take power, you use it. You don't sit there and make compromises like the Democratic Party does constantly. You leverage your power and your wins to continue enacting your agenda. That is what should be happening, okay? And simply put, there is not a people's party. So how do the people enact their agenda when we do not have a foot in the race? We'll just start fucking doing it. Feed your neighbor. Start a community garden. I mean, it, it's stuff like this. Like, literally, we have to institute these uh, uh, systems of dual power in order to actually form a coherent base. To even have a chance at starting a vanguard, we need to have these, we need almost Soviets. You know, there needs to be organizations of people's committees that are actually getting together and talking. You know, you, you can't sit here on the internet and expect the revolution to come. You literally have, I mean, I should be out there going to my neighbors and be like, hey, what's fucking you up? You know, it's debt. That's the answer. You know? Right. <laughs> but like in your communities, those are specific questions your party can ask. You know, if you're in a big city, yeah, literally just go door to door. That's what AIM did. That's what the Black Panther Party did. If you're wondering, man, how do we reach the people? Go to them. Yeah. Yeah, maybe start walking towards them. Literally walking towards them. <laughs> Go down the street and just walk. Yep, yep. They'll, yeah, that's all it takes. You'll find yeah. somebody, I assure you. I mean, maybe don't go instantly up to them like a Mormon. You know? Well, that's the thing. Is like I say, I, I've heard it said. Just like, say hi, neighbor. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it said like the point is not to be like a uh, uh, like proselytizing communism. Like it, it's... oh, you listened to my talk with Little Red Schoolhouse. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure who it was, so I didn't want to yeah, credit it to anyone. But yeah, no, that's a that's a fantastic point because like <clears throat> the goal is to uh, take these ideals and enact them, and it's not going to be a transfer of ideas that gets somebody to act on something. It's an action which brings their ideals into contradiction with a reality or a event or, you know, in a uh, piece, you know, whatever. And you and don't have to call yourself communist in order to get people exactly. on your side. You, you don't. Just gotta, 
you got to work towards trying to meet the needs that they if have. If somebody you goes, Stalin's bad, just go, uh-huh, and do not offer nuance. You do not need to be the weirdo at the party who goes, no, but actually, you know, there's a lot of misattribution of deaths to Stalin, though. It's like, no, there's still deaths at his hands. Don't get that. Like, do not get that fucking wrong. Okay, but we need to have, the only nuance you need to have is that not every Nazi death is a bad death. You know, like. Right. And I think in, in the context of like actual organizing, if your main objective is to correct somebody's opinion on Stalin, like it, you're not doing the right, like you're not there for the right reasons at least. But um, when you're, when you're talking about trying to, you know, go meet the people's needs and like go actually make contact with the people, it's, um, it's apparent, you know, you, you can't ignore the fact that that just shit doesn't happen here. Um, there's quite a few people such as yourself who I hear consistently talking about it. And yet, I mean, I, I even myself do more conversation about, you know, having to go act than I do. Well, let's talk about acting. Let's Let's talk about Lambeck. Okay. We got Lambeck manifesto. Yeah. I got like eight minutes. Yep. Perfect. Go for it. So the Lambeck manifesto developed by Indian collective. All right, is recently under spotlight in leftist circles because of a huge donation given to them by the Jeff Bezos Foundation, which is the way Jeff Bezos gets tax credits. It's the way he doesn't pay taxes. Okay, it's how he gives away money and then goes, oh, now I just won't give any more money to the actual government. So, I mean, to be honest. If they leave their tools out, use them to kill them. No, I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> to be honest, um, Everybody should be doing that. Uh, fuck the government. They don't need taxes. Uh, start giving your tax money to fucking... Just stop paying your taxes. Go give your money to the fucking tribe. And when they try to sue you for it, make it a federal case and get tribal support for it. You actually have a chance of succeeding. Um, you know, and then it's a white person taking, bringing it to attention. If you have a mass amount of people doing it, then it's a huge thing with the IRS that they actually have to address. You know, there, there, there's a bunch of different things. That's what... Uh, Grandpa Leonard Crowdog, Chief Chiefs Leonard Crowdog. Uh, he's a medicine man from Rosebud. Um, but that's what he says we should all do, is that every fucking white person should just stop paying taxes and give it to the Indians. <laughs> Definitely uh, a great place to, you know, there you go. If you have go any with your dollar. Yep, if you have any questions about what to do. Just give your money to fucking some natives. Um like, I, I, I had this argument with this one dude that was like, um, well, what if I just don't want to do anything? I was like, okay. Honest, honest. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, okay, well, the bare minimum I'm asking you to do is care. And he's like, okay, well, I will care. I was like, okay, then in order to actually care about something, you actually have to show you care. So he's like, yo, but now you're asking me to do something. I was like, no, 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 you can stay right on that recliner. He's like, really? He's like, yeah, just give like $3 a month to like one of these organizations. There you go. You're doing a lot more than a lot of people in this society. Okay. And the pro- the thing is, is that when people start uh, like criticizing uh, Indian Collective for taking all this Bezos money, you know, uh, they're not acknowledging that they didn't give money to uh, a fucking Camp Mini Luzahan when I was advertising it. They're not a- a- acknowledging that you know, my friends for an entire year, like six months, eight months fucking through the winter, the South Dakota winter where people freeze to death all the time 
We're asking people for money to help them with gas, supplies, warmth, logs, clothing, food, etc., to feed houseless relatives, to uh, fund patrols that will go around and uh, try to protect relatives from being uh, harassed and beaten up by police in Rapid City. Um, you know, there's a bunch. Of, Rapid City is one of the most racist cities on uh, in the U.S. Nobody talks about that. You know, and most of the uh, violence is white on indigenous violence. Okay. Um, and it's just like, the fact is, is that there's, they tried the radical approach. They did. And there was no support. Where was our support? The, the internet is not an effective means of organizing, actually. Turns out. Turns out so many people will just virtue signal now and not actually do anything. So that way people who need the money to say, um, just put up a couple more teepees for the winter. You know, that's what people were sleeping in. Teepees. If you've ever been to South Dakota during the winter, it's fucking cold. Okay. So <laughs> they needed more money. They just did. Another thing is that Indian Collective helped fund a housing project called Thunder Valley in Pine Ridge, okay, that had solar panels and shit, and it's supposed to be green living, you know, or more green living, at least on the reservation, you know. So you're talking about two different housing projects, one's for working class people, one's for houseless relatives, okay, free of charge, mind you, okay. So you, you have a source of income they're investing in that, that's still a good project. Okay, sure, whatever. They're being libs about it. Who gives a shit? They're not a fucking communist organization. That's not what they're asking for. They're asking for the bare minimum from white people. They're asking for the liberal solution to Lambeck. That's what they're asking for, and that's how it should be viewed. You know, When you're looking for the communist version of this, you should read The Red Deal. But as far as fucking the land back manifesto is concerned, you know, they simply want the dismantling of white supremacist structures, you know, so that's fucking uh, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Services. Uh, you can look at the defunding of police, industrial complex, border patrol, ICE and stuff like that. Um, the, the defund and dismantle are kind of basically the same thing. Um, and then, you know, you have the return of all public lands to indigenous people, which for some reason people interpret as being a like being put into private corporations hands um which i don't think they understand like the suggestion and that's like a decolonization or politic where rather than you know white systems of organization you have an indigenous system distribution where it's collectively owned rather than fucking uh some corrupt council run by the bureau of land management specifically to give them good deals you know instead of that group it's going to be actual indigenous leaders chosen by those people in an actual political destiny that is our own, you know, and then consent, you know, instead of asking us for consultation, you actually get our permission to do stuff. So rather than fucking just going in and starting line three illegally, like they did, or fucking uh, Dakota access pipeline illegally, like they did, or, you know, pretty much every pipeline was ever was started illegally. Okay. That means they're overstepping even the consultation. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? You do not have to listen to the law if you just go and do it. Turns out. 
which is why, like, like I'm saying, is that people just need to start doing these things. We need to stop fucking having meetings about them. We need to stop having our fucking parties, you know, if you want to call them a party. You know, fucking, you need to stop sitting there and having your weekly meeting discussing the organizational structure of a 12-person party. And just go do something. Organize around a local issue. Whether it be sexual assault, uh, that's a good one. Domestic violence in the area, you know, mm-hmm. get a van. Get a van and help people in a domestic violence situation move out of that situation and find your homes. You know, if you have a group of people looking for an apartment, it's going to be a lot easier than just one person. If you have a group of people raising application fee funds for that person, that's providing a communal support that oftentimes inhibits people's ability to find apartments in areas. You know, these are all things that, you know, leftists could be doing very easily, just a housing coalition in general, you know, if. Start talking to people who live in a living area and ask them about how shitty their landlord is. They'll have stories. I guarantee it. You know, um, there's there's a bunch of different ways you can go about actually, you know, addressing the issues in your city. And that will lead to recruitment. But ultimately, we need to be shifting our focus towards an anti-war policy where we're anti-oil. And like there's so many different things you can address with an anti-war policy that people don't realize that by going with the land back position it's anti-war it's anti-oil it's you know anti-destructive extraction you know it, it's anti-white supremacy it's anti-patriarchal it's you, there's so many different nuclear it's anti well and i wouldn't even say it's anti-nuclear it's anti-destructive extraction like i said right yeah nuclear yeah, isn't yeah. a bad thing necessarily except that the way I mostly we about hitting it is bad for the environment and the way we dispose of it is even worse. If we had a good way to make sure that every company was complying with the disposal and maintaining of these mines, that would be a different story. But they don't because they're private corporations under a system of capitalism that are not controlled by the people. Are we out of time? I we got 40 seconds. Fucking plug whatever you want, my friend. We're uh, put all uh, the links in the uh, Go support the Rec Bay Communities Water Fund Drive. They've been, they're like still $6,000 away. It's really important. And uh, you should give money to my Patreon, uh, which is Zakata's Research Fund or Tim Can or something like that. Or you can go to People's History Podcast and support uh, my project with Jacobin, which is a six part series on Wounded Need that is edited by uh, Red Media Press. Uh, Oh, and then also check out my work on Center for Communist Studies, which is coming out soon. Bam. Woo! Hey, that was awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, send me links and we'll put them all in there. Sure thing. Uh, I got to go, though. Peace out. Great talking with you. Have a great night. Stay safe. You too, man.